New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced full-bodied blend brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7, online, or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. Hi, welcome to Wonderful and Strange. I'm PJ. I'm Celia. And this week we did a Return to Horror High, which was directed by Bill Frowlich. I don't know if I'm I said sh- that right. I'm sure you said that Something right. Something like that. I'm sure it's right, yeah. But before we get into that, what have you been up to this week? Well, not a lot to do. I planted some plants in the garden. Ooh. Yeah. Gardening. Ooh. Um, yeah. Who knows if they'll survive? <laughs> that's the excitement it's like will they grow will they live will they live not? will they die who knows just don't know <laughs> hopefully they will survive i hope so yeah we'll see i grew parsley once and i was gonna cook with it and like have it in pasta and i was like what if it's not parsley what if it's a weed that looks just like parsley it's poisonous so i couldn't do it i couldn't, couldn't did you like put it on my it pasta yeah, but I thought, what if, what if the parsley has died and a weed has grown in its place that looks similar to parsley but it's poisonous? What were you doing to your parsley to make it die and grow a new weed? Well, nothing. <laughs> I just had this sudden thought, like, what if I'm just growing weeds? I th- I've come to the conclusion that herbs are just weeds. Because they, they grow, grow like, like weeds. flavorful weeds. Yeah, they grow like weeds. Have you seen yeah. like mint? Mint grows mint so grows. fast. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think that the, the weeds and somebody just ate them once by accident and was like, ah, they're quite nice. What's the difference like between a weed and other plants? Because don't know. Oh, well, plants are just plants, aren't they? Whereas they everyone's like dandelions and weeds. They tend to grow a lot more than mm. some flowers and stuff. I don't know really. Well, who's to say what's a weed? Who's to say that dandelions aren't beautiful enjoyable? Flowers. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're yellow and they make that sort of orb of seeds with feathered oh, flight things on. Yeah, clocks. I've never called, I've never described it in those. Dandelion clocks. That's what they're called, aren't they? Clocks? Yeah, dandelion clocks. They're called clocks. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, it's a ball of 
Plus feathered seeds yeah. that blow away on the wind. Yeah, they're Aren't kind they of weird? What do you think about it? They are pure whimsy. Damn but you see them all the time, so you, you don't think about actually... But you wouldn't think, oh, I'll just grow some in my garden, would you? Yeah. you pick them out. That's weird. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, who decides what's a weed and what isn't a weed? It's like it makes a sort of floating helicopter-type construction in mm. a ball. It's weird, isn't it? Nature is weird. Nature is terrifying. <laughs> uh, Nature is terrifying. I watched a thing about animals found in the Mariana Trench <gasps> the other day. <laughs> there's, some, no. there's some weird shit down there that there's, I never want to There's creatures meet. on the deep sea that there's give you fish. nightmares. There's a fish that's like, it's just like a normal fish. It's quite thin, sort of standard fish. But then its head is completely translucent. Yeah. And you can see its eyes it's just and its got, brain and everything. Yeah. Oh, loads of the translucent. Because it, it helps them get seen less by predators if they're translucent. Yeah, yeah. And there's this squid. It's so weird. There's the creatures Angler at the bottom. fish. Bo- they're yeah. terrifying. Oh. Sea yeah. cucumbers. There's a lot of there's those. some weird stuff, yeah. There's and like then a when shark, you get even lower... There's oh like a pointy-nosed shark, but like its jaw like pops yeah. out. And that's really Sharks creepy. look... Their faces... Terrifying. Terrifying. The deeps... They should make a film, a horror film set in the deep sea, except there won't be any plot. It would just be footage. Sea creatures. Yeah. They did, called Underwater. but I d- And I think they came across some kind of giant squid, like a Cthulhu type thing. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. I've not seen it, so I might be wrong. But there's some kind of creature down there yeah. anyway. Doesn't that. surprise me. No, thank you. What have I done this week? <laughs> Not a lot. Not a lot. We've been putting off jobs, really. Best way. I need to do jobs, but I can't be bothered. Oh, I started watching The Handmaid's Tale again. Oh. That's bleak. Oh, my God. Like, I watched a couple of episodes and I was like, I don't know if I can watch this anymore because mm. it's really depressing. I've never watched it. It's really horrible. Like, it's just sort of... It's kind of a... I'm assuming it's kind of a, a comment on the patriarchy. Mm. I'm assuming that's what it's... Because basically women are just reduced to baby machines. Mm. And like the ones that can't have babies are sort of cast aside and stuff. And it's in this kind of sort of martial law type. It's horrible. I hate it. But then, and then there's a woman who trains the handmaids who are the, like the baby people. Yeah. And I was like, she looks familiar to me. Figured out it was Joan from Hereditary. And I was like, oh, Joan, you piece of work. (laughs) You absolute piece of work. (laughs) She's a piece of work in everything. I say everything, those two things, but they're pretty bad. Wait, maybe she's just not acting. Maybe maybe the actress is a piece of work and she just doesn't act. Joan, why? Why, Joan, why? She looks like a kindly, like, mum. Yeah. And you think, oh, she's nice. No, piece of work. Piece of work, well, she's very good in a role. So yeah, I'm sure she very is. good. I'm sure she's lovely in real life. I really hate dystopian films. Oh, well, no, that's not true. I don't hate them, but I don't like to be depressed. I about feel like the that's, future. that's kind of yeah. It hits a bit too close, I think, and it's just a bit like oh no. Like, like we need a small doses where because I think it's hard because you. I want a dystopian future, but isn't bleak and I want yeah. a dystopian future where everyone's like yeah this is great we're having a good time you could have a film where yeah. everyone has this great life and then they're all like 
it was a bit of a dystopia for about 15, 20 years, but then we gave up plastic and, and, and fossil fuels, it and it's, it's actually okay now. You, we've, you, we've come back round. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. right now. Just, just 15, 20 years adjustment, giving up... It's all good face, now. Um, Not Facebook. Plastic. Giving up Facebook. <laughs> give up plastic. Giving up Facebook. Yeah. Give on, maybe We'd maybe we should give up Facebook. society, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, no. Do you think there's a Dreadful. place for social media in the future? Um, yes and no. I, I feel like there is, but also I feel like people put too much... They put too much sort of importance on it. Do you know what I watched this week? That uh, documentary where they made fake um, influencers. Oh, so I'm telling I can't Ooh. forget what it was called. So they got three people who really wanted to be famous. Yeah. And... They got them. In, they had Instagram accounts and stuff, and they bought them bots, followers, uh, and watched how their individual Instagram accounts like blew up, and it yeah. was all powered by bots. And I'm like, That's I magic. didn't realize you could buy Instagram followers that were bots. Mm. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I don't, I, a lot of like, so like businesses and stuff it. do that just to get the followers, because then it looks good if you've got like yeah. loads and loads of followers, but half of them probably aren't real. Wow. Whereas I barely have any. But they're all they're real. All real. They're all real. I have no followers. I think, I think they're real anyway. I hope they're real. I'm sure they are. We haven't bought them. I've so not they must bought. Be. I definitely have not bought them. <laughs> Buy it. I wouldn't know where to start. No, I wouldn't either. That's mad, isn't it? Mm. Ugh. I feel like I just I need to live in the times of a typewriter. <clears throat> just a little bit. Sometimes. Just a little bit. Yeah. Dip your toe into a computer every now and again, yeah. but then. Step away. Do you know what? I'd love to live in like it's the eighties, seventies or eighties, except where the internet was available if I wanted to look up something. So you could like if look, I wanted to watch YouTube. You could live yes. in the eighties, but then also have YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Like almost like I'm the only one. Could you not who just has watch YouTube, YouTube about the eighties and then you kind mm. of imagine you know, if you had like a time traveling laptop. So you could, Ooh. at any time in history, look at the internet. My laptop's f- not powerful enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> it can barely run anything, <laughs> to be fair. Oh, God. Yeah, oh, that'd, be, that'd be weird. Because you could travel to like 18... It'd be like... You could be in 1869 and then just quickly have a look up... It'd be like Jamie internet, and his what, magic what torch. What everyone's talking about, yeah. Jamie and his magic torch, but it'd be Celia and a time-travelling laptop. <laughs> We'd be like Bill and Ted. It'd be amazing. <laughs> I'd enjoy it. Uh, well, you know all that crazy fun that we've had travelling through time on our oh. laptops? <laughs> we watched Return to Horror High from 1987, directed by Bill Frowleach, if that is his name. It scored a 4.3 out of 10 on IMDb, and the synopsis is, a movie company decides to make a feature of a series of murders that occurred at Crippen High School, but when the cast and crew start disappearing... Is history repeating itself? I don't actually know. I don't know. I have like an idea. I don't understand the single thing about this. Written a haiku. Filming a horror. (laughs) People disappear at school. Who is the killer? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, this 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 film's very confusing. I was so confused by it. Yeah, me too, a little bit. It was George Clooney's film debut. Wow. I know, right? I thought he did well. I thought he was in films before this, but it turns out he'd just done a couple of TV things, but mm. this was his first film. 
that he was in for not very long. Apparently there was a 1973 film called Horror High. It is no way affiliated in any way to that film. It's not even a sequel. <laughs> but I think that's the point that yeah. it's it's that kind of franchise thing and, and there's loads of films mm-hmm. and it's always like Return 2 or Number 2 or whatever. So, yeah. So, we start with a card a series of murders happened at Crippen High in 1982 and filmmakers went to film the story of what happened there and the school is now abandoned, but they're not alone, apparently. And then you get the titles, Return to Horror High, and it's like proper 80s, like, da-da. And then it says, starring in pieces <laughs> <laughs> of all the actors that are in it. Then we get the police who were talking about the bodies that they found, six or seven, maybe eight, and then... Uh, the guy's saying to this, this woman's hilarious. She gets gradually more hilarious. He's like, she's so funny. Can't you count? And he's like, well, she's like, not exactly. Uh, they're not exactly all together, sir. So uh, we shot a few parts. I couldn't actually tell you how many people are there. I think she's my favourite character, actually. Yeah, I like her. <laughs> and then uh, he's like, cordon off the area. I managed to say it. I really struggle with that word. Cordon? Cordon, Yeah. I don't know why. Just think James Corden. James Corden. <laughs> James Corden, yeah. She's like, yep. And then they're like, is it happening again? And then they're like, the writer's here. He's probably not doing great. And he's sat there flicking a torch on and off on his face. Like he's telling a camp story. Why? I don't know. It's why? like he's, it's like he's telling a camp fire mm. tale or something. And then he's like, we were just making a film. I don't know what happened. And then they're like, right, okay then. Uh so then uh, the sort of police chief guy's like, get me everyone that you can. I need all bodies here, basically. Then it cuts to a policeman creeping through the halls of this school and it's really dark and creepy. And then a guy jumps out of it at him and they sort of struggle and there's tension and it's really scary. But then all the lights go up and it turns out that they're filming a they're scene. They're filming a scene. So this keeps happening. This happens all the way well, through. All the time. Yeah, Definitely. And he's like, and then this guy's like, his face is all messed up. And he's like, I'm really sorry, I couldn't see through the makeup. And then uh, the director's like, well, that's not even the guy that you're meant to be acting with. He's there, which is George Clooney. And he's like, you all right? Yep. And he's like, this guy is the technical advisor. And then he's like, you're meant to be behind the camera, not acting. Not acting. So he's like, how do you get I onto just walked a set? in a room. I'm sorry. Uh, do they not like have security? Well, no, obviously they don't. Because if they I had security, I feel like they do. Like on a proper film set, there's yeah. like layers and layers and layers of security, and you've got to sign like non-disclosures, yeah. and, and you've got to have background checks and all that kind of stuff. It's a big long thing. If you had a non-disclosure agreement. I've had one before. Have you? Um, Can you tell us what what secrets you nope. knew? <laughs> I will take it to my grave. What if you signed with not your name? Like, what if you squiggly wrote, I refuse to sign? I don't know. Does it count? I don't know. I anyway. Guess, I don't know if you, I don't know if like people witness it and stuff. Because uh, then if they witness you, you've signed it. You've then... made a mark in the signature box, which yeah. is like your signature. Yeah. Is saying. Well, what if... You could, yeah, you could write anything, but I guess if someone's checking on you, they would check your signature, maybe. I don't know. I did mine online, so could have been anything. Well, you can, you'll just, just don't tell anyone secrets. Could have been anything. Just don't tell anyone. So then uh, they're sort of saying, oh, we're going to do another scene. And then uh, 
Arthur comes with his little glasses, the writer, who's got her glasses on and is less frazzled at this point, and the director's just like, no, Arthur, no, this is rubbish. And he's like, rewrite it. And he's like, but I like that scene. And that basically happens all the way through. All the way through. Poor guy. Then uh, the uh, the producer comes, Harry, who asks for some local bimbos. And they're like, I will try and get you some, but do your interview first. <laughs> and I was like, this guy's voice sounds familiar. And then I realised that it's Roger Myers Jr. from The Simpsons. I don't remember him. Yeah. I have seen Simpsons. I recognised his voice. Enough times, but yeah. I don't remember. He's basically got the same voice. <laughs> He's not changed his voice at all. <laughs> He's talking to this woman on the phone and he's like, oh, hello. And then he's like, no, no, it's nothing like Babysitter Basher. It'll be done in good taste. But then it smash cuts to a woman getting sprayed. She's got no top on it. And she's like, it's cold. And then uh, the um, special effects guy's having an argument with the director about he wants to do, what does he want to do? An exploding tip shot. Mm. and then they're like we're not doing that this is not that kind of film the special effects guy had the worst hair I think I've ever seen oh it was like rat tails but like mm. pigtails at the side yeah <laughs> two rat tails shaved high up on the temple it was like so, a mullet and a rat tail but without sideburns at all yeah it was weird it was weird he was a special effects man they're, they're kooky people mm. what can I say so basically they're like we're not doing that it's a classy affair, and he's like, can I at least do a nipple tear? And then I was like, oh, ugh, gross. And then the guy's like, no, think of the audience. He's like, can my mum watch this? And he's like, well, it depends if your mum likes this kind of thing, I suppose. I don't think she would. And then he basically gets a boob, a fake boob. Throws it. And flings it, but it explodes. <laughs> and the uh, the policeman's like, ah, and then points a gun at it. And then... Uh, we find out that the producers cancelled all the hotels and they're all going to stay in the school because they want to save money because it's clearly a high-budget affair. And he's like, oh, nostalgia at school, it'll be fine. You'll have a lovely time. Then we get George Clooney, who is Oliver. He's been called to another role. I'm assuming it's ER. And they're like, you've still got, <laughs> yeah. four, you've still got four weeks here. And he's like... Yeah, but it's a series. This is a low-budget film. I'm not doing it. So He leaves. If only he'd left a little bit earlier. Yeah, he basically just pieces out. And they're like, we'll sue you. And he's like, will you really? With what, exactly? You've got no money. So then uh, he just goes, and then, and then Arthur gives some more pages. But no, they're not good enough. Arthur's trying to write a sensitive and soulful... He's trying to do a, a mysterious thriller, yeah. is what he wants to do. But they won't let him. They won't let him do it. <laughs> so he, the producer, finishes this phone interview and then says to his assistant, "Send her something." But basically, depending on what she looks like, if she's nice looking, send her flowers. If she isn't, send her chocolate. I was like, really? He's horrible, isn't he? I know. What a piece of work. So Oliver leaves for ER and he goes upstairs in the school and he sees someone and sort of shouts at them, but they ignore him. And he goes to investigate. And he hears this, like, squeaky, squeaky noise. Uh, So he decides to follow it, which, why would you? And then he sees this door, which has got blood dripping from it. 
which he decides to open and investigate. Well, he would. And he gets grabbed and killed. So that's goodbye, George Clooney. He was in it for about ten minutes. Who thinks the exit is upstairs? I of I any don't know. building. I would not. Yeah, that was crazy. So the producer's like, we've lost Oliver. Um, so it goes to the police guy who was the sort of technical assistant on the thing and he's like, good news, you've been promoted, you're an actor now. You just cast him. Why would you take one of the main characters in a film and cast them on the spot with a person who happened to be nearby? Well, it was him, wasn't it? So he was was the character. It seems like a weird decision for a film. But when you're not an actor, it's probably not ideal. You're not going to be ideal. No. 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 So... He he sort of sells it as it's going to be realism to the film and, and it's going to be great. And then he decides to introduce the director to this guy while he's in the toilet mid-pee. And I was like, could you not have waited? You'd think. I know, right? It's ridiculous. So he sort of says that they're going to hate it. And he's like, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be tits and gore. That's what you want out of a horror film. But then I think the writer's trying to say, no, I've, I've tried to write it about people and how they get on and stuff like that. And, yeah, they're not they're not buying it, to be honest. No, that's not the sort of film they want to make. So um, then the director finds Callie, who's, like, the main... She's, like, the main character in the film. Their sort of star actor, I suppose. And uh, he's like, oh, uh, this is Callie, policeman. You'll be banging tomorrow. See you later. And then... They're both like, oh, okay, that's a bit weird. And then he says that he isn't an actor. And then she says, she isn't either. She's got three films to see this, which made me laugh. (laughs) She's what? She's got three films to prove that she's not an actress. (laughs) (laughs) So then it cuts to somebody clearing the blood from Oliver's death. But we don't see who it is. It's just the bucket, the squeaky bucket. And then it cuts back outside to the police. So it's like goes back to sort of present time where the police are trying to figure out what's gone on. And uh, I think the guy says they felt like there was someone out there and there was a squeaking sound before the killers. Do you know what you reminded me? The worst bit of the toilet scene, skipping back, he put his hat on the flusher thing. He did. Why? That's disgusting. Why would you do that? I it's don't almost know. as bad as rinsing your hair in oh, a toilet. Oh, I've forgotten about that. <laughs> I don't know which is worse. Oh, I actually know no, I do. Yeah, rinsing they're your both hair pretty in a bad. Toilet. Who does that? So yeah, the the chief of police and this this woman policeman is like right. Uh, they're chatting about what's happened, and then she's like, one of those bodies is moving. So then they go and check, which kind of makes sense. Mm. And another one tips over from a tree. And then uh, they're like, check for a pulse. Basically, she pulls an arm out and she's like, (laughs) and throws it at him. And then he's like, I thought this was the body of a woman. And he's like, this is a man's arm. And then she says, well, you know, a lot of people have been chopped up and there's a lot of mixed up parts. And then they were like, what weapon did this? But it it made me... I was interested because he says he says that it's a woman's body but a man's arm, mm. and it made me think. In a lot of 
films or horror films, like the killer's hands are always a man's. Yeah. Like, even if it's a female killer, yeah. it's always a man. Yeah. Like uh, Dario Argento, apparently in every film that he's done, the the gloved killer is him doing oh. it. Yeah. So like stuff like that, or like in um, like Friday the Thirteenth when uh, they cut. Betsy Palmer's head off and it's clearly like man hands that yeah. like grab up and stuff or like, like that. Or the, like whoever's doing the stunts mm. is not the same, even if it's like a woman's a stunt woman, they're a never, woman's stunt woman a stunt woman. They're never the same they're never, they? Yeah, there, there just yeah. isn't the availability of figure types yeah. in the stunt industry. That's it. Maybe there should be Maybe there should be, yeah um, so then he's like, "What? What weapon would have done this?" And then uh, it cuts to someone looking at chainsaws in a book, and he's like, "No, I need something new. This has been done to death." And then uh, it's Stephen on the Stephen's on the stairs. He's the cop, and he talks to Amos, the janitor, and he's like, "I'm going to be in a film. <laughs> Yay! It's going to be great." And he's like, "Oh, I'm really happy for you, Amos." And he's like, "What are you going to do with your newfound fame?" And he <laughs> says. I'm going to do pussy movies. Ugh. And he's like, um, really? And he's like, yep, I'm going into <laughs> porn. And I was like, that's a strange jump from janitor to porn. Well, usually would, I assume, go the other way round. I would say so, yeah. yes. <laughs> You'd hope so anyway. But yeah, he's loving life. He's going into porn. Life is great for him. Callie talks to the principal who was there when it happened and... He's really strange and he's like, I remember a nose nailed to that floor over there and a thumb over there. It's my balls over there. I was like, "Mm, okay. And then uh, they open this cupboard and there's a head in it. And then she's like, oh my God, it's horrible. And then we find out that it's filming a scene. Yeah. So they, oh, they, do, they this do this constantly. And then uh, the special effects man with the terrible rat tails comes out and he's like, it was rigged to rot when it was open. Do you realise how long this took? And I imagine that special effects people are like that because mm. everything's such a process and everything takes so long to make. Like when you're making like, moulds of people's heads and stuff, you've got to make like a foam cast and then you've got to silicone and then you've got to paint it and blah, blah, blah and put all your stuff in it so he's going mental and he's like i've made some puss especially for this and she's like oh gross get out of here so he storms off and the principal's like i remember them all so he's like he i'm assuming he was there when the murders happened so he's yeah. like haunted by it as well but also well, the making and be in this film which is really weird, weird. if you'd witnessed a terrible mm-hmm. murder you wouldn't want to recreate that would be like i would PTSD. not want to relive it yeah. Extra P- PTSD plus the movie PTS- PTSD plus yeah that's not so cool then, so then it cuts to it cuts to school kids and it's Richard Farley and Sarah chatting each other up I think so it, so the, this is a this is a a filmed flashback and you because I got confused as to what was a flashback and what wasn't, oh, but then so I realised it's just basically they're using the same actors but in terrible wigs, which mm. is kind of funny. <laughs> so it kind of cuts to to this like the the get this girl's getting chatted up. They walk into a changing room to chat where women have the boobs out everywhere because why wouldn't you? It really reminded me of Slumber Party Massacre. That in what changing room in reality do girls 
take their tops oh, off. Oh, they don't. They hide in a corner yeah. like normal people do. No, that was just me anyway. Then uh, he's like, he's basically saying, say yes or Becky goes into the hall naked and then she's like, fine, God, I'll go out with you, you, Jesus. Say, why would you go out with someone? I know, and obviously, it's a, it's a film within a film, but why would you go out with someone She was just like, that? Yeah, she was You'd just like, like, fine. Get out, no you, one wants you You can here. tell that she's having none of it and they're in this mm. car which looked like the Christine car, but I'm it not did, sure if it? it was. I think it was, but it looked like it was great. So she's having none of this date and she's like, I want to go home. And he's like, I want to stay. And she's like, nah, I'm having none of it. And then he's like, I spent $17.50 plus tip on you. And she's like, well, you're not buying me, so I'm going home. And then he gets a bit rapey. Yeah, it's really rape. It's horrible. horrible. And then uh, she's like laying on the on the car, like no. But then another hand comes in the car, and it's the bloody um, producer. And he's like, "Are her boobs in the picture?" And she's furious, and she leaps out, and she starts like sort of ranting about how women are exploited in films, which they are in horror films, Mm. because it's like, oh, just get your tits out. And then she's like, how would you feel if you had to walk around with your slong hanging out? She was like, but it'd be, a, what did she say, it'd be a schlot. A schlot. <laughs> and then she's like, people see these films and they're ingrained in their mind and we're like shaping the minds of America and what are we doing, basically? And then she's like, why does this scene need to be in? And they're like, well, they need to know that she was raped. And you're like, well, you can just say it. You don't need to show the rape, like... Why are you showing it just to shock people kind of thing? Mm. Um, but she's really mad. The The producer hides because he sort of run, he runs away from her and then hides from other people yeah. as well. Uh, and one of the actors gets got by a yellow-gloved... The yellow-gloved killer. assassin. The yellow-gloved assassin <laughs> instead of a black-gloved assassin. It's like a marigold-glove killer. And he's like... He finds Arthur, the postscript writer, and he's like, you need to sort this out. This is your terrible script. Well, he was he, like, it isn't my he script. He wrote a script where it wasn't like that and they yeah. decided to change it. And then he's like, oh, just write her a nice scene where like, she falls in love and has marriage and babies and and stuff like that. And then he's like, what? And then he's like, oh, yeah, but make it in the locker room so she's naked. And he's like, oh, for God's sake, really? Of course, it's a commentary on it's films definitely at the time. So the film is not... Yeah trying to be this it's trying to shed light on yeah the vacuousness of the vacuousness films. of horror but which it, i suppose it does do oh yeah definitely but it's a little bit confusing i'm it's not funny. gonna lie it's so funny so kelly's unhappy and she's like i feel weird about all this and it's horrible and steve the policeman's like oh it's fine nothing's weird and he shows her this locker where he wrote his name and his sweetheart's name in a heart and then she's like, oh, that's cute. There's an arrow in it as well. And he's like, I don't write that. There was just a heart there. And there's an arrow through his name. So it's Ooh. like, ooh. So they're like, do you think whoever did the killings is back? Then we cut to the special effects room. And there's a guy doing work in there. There's a mallet that drops on the floor. And it disappears into what can be only described as a sand pit. <laughs> I don't understand this. It's it's just shock room or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, he, go- he goes to fish it out, but then gets dragged in by dragged a mysterious in. hand. Sort of. His feet are dangling out, which made me laugh for a bit. Um, I was confused by this bit. It was yeah. like, 
Saved by he's like that Saved by the Bell, but, but terrible, murdery. Yeah, <laughs> and set in yeah. a wintry twilight. Yeah, and uh, then a, another guy gets strung up, and a and a like a propeller fan comes yeah. towards him. But then it cuts to another guy just getting blood thrown on him as part of the film. So it's kind of like people getting murdered and people being like not murdered as well. Mm. It's really weird. So then uh, they're like, that's what I call blood. That's entertainment. And then uh, Arthur's like, I wanted to do a psychological thriller. (laughs) I didn't want to do this. And then uh, the director's like, we must follow a thread and see where it leads. But then he just like edges out of the door and doesn't say anything else. And they're like, what fucking thread? What are you on about? It's interesting that this film is being rewritten as it's being filmed. Yeah. Which because I feel like that is ideal. a thing. I feel like that is I a thing. I bet it is. I've, I've heard stories about people going on to set and just refusing to learn the lines because they get there on the day. And they've changed it. And they've them. changed it, so they just do it from there. Wow. I couldn't do that because I like to like prepare and stuff. And I'd I like, couldn't. Ah. I'd, I'd be the opposite. I couldn't learn lines. I'd love to turn up and be like, just given like three sentences to say. Yeah. That would well be stressed. fine. I, I can't learn anything. <laughs> well, I can, but I couldn't sit down and learn lines. No. The next day, I'd, it would have gone. That's why I'm not an actor, to be fair. I well, do I'm it. not either. I, I could never act because I'd, I'd just feel so silly. Yeah, yeah. So, Steve and Kelly are having a chat, and he says that he slept with this girl who was his kind of high school sweetheart, but she didn't come back. And then we get the cleaner coming past with his squeaky bucket, and he's like, I've just been asked to clean up. There's a lot of mess in there from the special effects or something. And then it cuts to the director's filming in the bathroom and there's like a hundred people who come out of a stall. I don't understand how <laughs> that happens. And they're all like big men as well. Oh, and it's like, oh my funny. God, what's going on? And then they kind of, it goes back to the police investigating outside. And then uh, it come the, the sort of female police officer comes, her shirt's unbuttoned now. And she's like, I slipped in some blood. I found this hand... and they're like okay then (laughs) and then uh, the writer's like oh they changed my scenes in there they butchered my script and then you get this like cut to biology class where they're shouting at this kid for sleeping in his class and wafting formaldehyde in his face which is really not a good idea I was like really? why would you do that? this teacher was so horrible oh he was creepy as well Horrible. Then Susan comes in and she's new and the guy's really creepy to her. And he's, he's like, such a perv. Oh, he's horrible. And he's like, you've got some extra work to make up. You'll need a tutor. I'm available at night time. And then this girl comes in and she's like, why am I getting C's instead of A's? And then he's like, look at yourself. Yeah. Ugh. And then, and then she's a like... paedophile, isn't he? She's like, don't worry, he finishes fast. Ugh. I was like, oh no. Imagine being an actor and reading the script in that scene and being like... Oh, I couldn't. I could do this part. This could be me. You would have to be seriously out of work to play this guy. Yeah. So there's like a a bit where there's like a thing about dead frogs. But then the pervy teacher gets got and gets dissected. Uh, I'm assuming that's in the film. I don't know don't know so then it cuts to Callie reading the script and she's like did he really die that way and then she's like I think something weird is going on 
I think something somebody's out there and I think somebody's offing people because mm. people are going missing and it's really, really weird. So then they're like, right, we're going to start a list of names. Let's do that. So she's kind of listening in on people and making notes on them. <laughs> she's, she's not very subtle about <laughs> she's it. She's not either. very subtle about it at all. <laughs> then Stephen, the policeman, says he sees a photo of Kathy Castleman and... Uh, and he's like, oh, that was my high school girlfriend. And uh, the the principal's like, oh, yeah, she left for grad school. Like, she, mm. she's she gone. She's not around here anymore. Then it cuts to a guy who's got an axe in his face. And he's just lying down. And he's like, what's my motivation? And then uh, the director's like, you're dead. Dead people don't have any motivation. <laughs> and I was like, I love it. And then uh, the, the writers sort of say, maybe I can fix this script. And I'm sure, like, one of the grips is like... That's like polishing a turd. I wouldn't even bother <laughs> if I were you. Callie's made a murder board. She made a Charlie yeah, Day murder board. Well, Could got... be anyone. When did she find time to do this? I don't know. <laughs> when do we find time to do anything, I suppose? When do we find... I know. So she's like, it could be anyone. And then the policeman's like, it could be me. It's um, not. The... Why would she say that? I know, it's really weird. Uh, there's some people welding outside. I don't know why. At three, night. Three men welding at night Just together. Just to basically make weird light like for their flight, sex yeah. They have sex. And then uh, it cuts to the night and the squeaking returns. So he goes to investigate. And he says, they're on to us. We know too much. So he runs back to her and then the masked man appears. <gasps> this is where he's like a narwhal. Yeah, with his weird <laughs> white like face. Yeah, he strangles the policeman and breaks open the door. Callie has to leap out of the window into a car, and then they're like, "And cut! That was great!" Because then uh, the the killer like jumps behind the like from behind the seat, and they're like, mm. "That's great! That's really good!" But then they don't stop, and they're like, "Hey, must stop!" And then he cuts her head off. Ugh. But then she wakes up, and it was a dream. It was just so. A there's dream. like a dream of a. Of a film and a, yeah, it's it's, it's a it's, it's a like a dream within a film within, within a, a happening. Yeah, ha- yeah, it's weird. So she she gets up and she's like, I don't like this. This is terrible. I've had a terrible dream. So then she opens the door and she's like, Oh my god, look at this! And there's blood all over the floor. And they're like, That looks like a body has been dragged. So let's go and investigate it. Oh my god, no. So they find Freddy's necklace in the toilet and they reckon that he's been chopped up and flushed down the toilet. That could not do your toilet any good. Wasn't that what happened to, like, one of the serial killers? Like, he tried to flush parts and then they got stuck in the drain. And that's how he got caught. I don't want to think about it. Mm, What, in real life? Mm. Oh, I don't want to think about it. Yeah, they got stuck. Mm. I can't remember who it was. I don't want to. So, the... Yeah, basically... They, they they're trying to investigate and then I think they find they find this like weird sandboxing in this special effects room. They find out that it leads into like another room. Because we knew it lead, led somewhere because Because it kinda seemed to never end. Slater guy which is weird. Um obviously went in it in mm. when they were filming, so obviously it was just a prop yeah. that went somewhere. But surely that when they were filming the Slater guy would have found this secret tunnel. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. Nothing in but this film she, makes sense. She, he's like, I'm going to go in. And she's like, you're going to go in to a pit, essentially, with no torch. Are you insane? So then they point like one of the sort of spotlight lights down there and they have a torch. 
she <laughs> they go down there and she freaks the fuck out and she's like bah! and then she's like oh it's a spider and then he's like well it's dead now so they uh they have put they fall to the bottom but really it's like they trip slightly and then just fall <laughs> And then he's like, I can't find my gun. My gun has gone flying and we have no torch to find the gun now. So they carry on walking through this tunnel and he finds a secret door. And she's like, hang on a minute. How have you found this secret door? Mm. And he's like, through training. I thought it was him at first. Because I was like, why would you know where that door was? Why would you know where that door was? Yeah. And the janitor appears. They find all these bodies that they decide look like this Cathy Castleman... Person. I was so confused. They're all dressed in the same They're wigs. They're all in like flower crowns Not and sort like of one wig, wedding dresses. Yeah. Identical numerous wigs. They're not all dressed underneath one giant wig. But They're all dressed the same. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, are these all women skeletons or are they men skeletons yeah i think they're all women skeletons. I was so i'm confused. assuming they're all women skeletons who fit the profile that look like her that's mm. what i assumed so they're all at sort of church school and they're all like mummified and it's all oh, really strange it's horrible the janitor the janitor sort of comes in and he's like well oh, i found all these bodies and it's really horrible and they're like why are well, you that's here not that's suspicious. weird and then and then he ends up saying yes yes they're all sat in a class very good there's a chair left for you to Stephen, and <laughs> it then was they funny, fight. Funny he said that. <laughs> they fight, and um, he kicks him, kicks him in the balls, and he's like, "My jewels," <laughs> which made me laugh. And then uh, they're sort of struggling on the floor, and he pulls at his face for some reason, which reveals that it's a mask, and it's not Amos at all. It's the principal, the principal. Castleman of the school, and he's like, "There never was an Amos. It was me the whole time." So. He had a prosthetic face, like a fake face. It was so convincing. There was some Mission Impossible stuff going down I there. Just I mean, found it. I half expected Tommy Cruise to appear afterwards <laughs> and be like, "Ha ha ha!" Red light, green light, but he didn't. So yeah, he's like, "Have a seat, Stephen." Oh, Callie gets it, and he ties her up, and he keeps holding her by the armpits. And I was like, if that was me, I'd be giggling, but it, I'd be like, I'm terrified. Be, she's but not ticklish. I'm really ticklish. <laughs> he kept doing it, and it was stressing me out. And he's like, you killed my daughter. Basically, you got her pregnant, and she gave herself an abortion and died, I think. I don't something. think it was his fault. I think the principal was um, at fault yeah. for everything that happened. So then... He's like, oh, do you want to see her? And then he brings out Mummy Kathy. No. And then he's like, oh, there's going to be a wedding. You're going to get married to this mummy. And he's like, oh, what he's is so happening? so weird. And then uh, he's like, yeah, Kelly's going to be the maid of honour. It's going to be great. And then uh, he's sat there, like, terrified. And then all of a sudden he's like, do you know what? I'm sick of this now. Yeah. I'm going home. And I was like, what if everyone just did that in a horror film? I was like, yeah. do you know what? No, no, I'm, I'm just going to leave. There I'm, is, I'm there's multiple exits. I'm just going to leave. I love it. At that and switch the lights on. And he's like, what? I'm going to kill her. And he's like, well, the football's on. She doesn't like football. I'm going. I'm sick of this. And he's like, what? <laughs> huh? I don't understand. And then he kind of goes to get him, but he's just walking off. Walking and, he's off. Like, and he doesn't really know what to do with himself. And he's like, are you crazy or am I crazy? I'm not really sure. Are the LA Raiders, the football team, still... no idea playing because they were massive their their branding was massive in the 90s oh, i've no idea it, i always really wanted one of their hats 
I always wanted a hockey jersey. Yeah. Just because they look cool. Are they actually a real team? Pass. Or was it just a clothing brand called LA? I feel like they were a real football team. Maybe. But I, I have no idea. They don't I don't follow to, it. I, I, don't, I didn't quite clear what I'm talking about. So he's, yeah, so he sort of wanders off, but he finds this spear, which he flings at Castleman and kills him, and then says, class dismissed. <laughs> I was like, oh. And then they go to leave. So you're like, oh, well, they survived. That's great. But then you're like, but he's the only one that survived. So then the writer's like, they never got out. But why didn't they get out? I don't know. I'm assuming it's because that guy wasn't dead. I don't know. Um, I'm so confused. But they were alive. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, I but won't then it skip showed ahead. The bod- it showed the bodies like outside. So yeah. Yeah. But were they faking being dead? I'm assuming so. I was so, so confused. So then the police chief's like, right, gets a big rifle and he's like, show me this basement. The police all go in, weaponed up to investigate what's going on. The writer comes out and he looks kind of a bit like he's seen some shit. And then he just goes. All clear, everybody. And then all the bodies under these sheets just get up. Get up. So none of them were dead. So none of them were dead. All of it was done by special effects. Yeah. Which shows the power of a practical effect. Yeah. Which I love. The practical effects in it, to be fair, were were good. good. They were a bit disgusting, but they were good. So they all get up and get in a van. And then they're like, oh, Harry had this plan from the beginning, the producer. And they're like... Well, yeah, I found out when uh, Castleman was a killer. I kind of thought we should do this. And then it was like, think of the publicity as well. The dead, like the people died, but the film survived. Film survived. So it'll create this kind of buzz and mystery about it. It's kind of like, I suppose, like, it's like an early version of like Blair Witch when they did the folklore oh, yeah. of the Blair Witch and they did the website and yeah. and it's all like marketing, isn't it? Can so, we not just go to the cinema and enjoy a film that doesn't have like no. marketing? I feel like, like with horror, tricks. there's always got to be something. There has to be some sort of weird trick. Mm-hmm. Like just, oh, what if they were like, we're not going to describe the film at all? It's an empty. I'd rather that we're not going to describe if it at all. There were no trailers. I tend to not watch trailers. The trailer was just everything. like something you, really big. Nothing, just like a mm. a picture yeah. of somewhere or nothing yeah and they'd be like we're not going to describe the film at all it's an 18 mm-hmm. come on just just show up i'd prefer that to be fair i think but then they point they put on like shakespeare and love and everyone would be like oh oh i'd get up and leave immediately <laughs> so the police are checking the basement but it turns out that castleman isn't dead because he pulls it's this not, thing out how are you not dead after you've been skewered by a javelin and the, the police shoot him and he sort of drops a little bit but then decides that he's not dead so then he kind of carries on again. And then they shoot him again. Shoot him again. And then he's like, the uh, the woman's like, good clean hit. They like, they unload into this guy. And then he's like, self-defense. That police lady was my favourite. I liked her when she was drinking her drink loudly. Yeah. And she was eating a hot dog and she was <laughs> spilling it on people. She, she I can't great. remember at what stage this happened, but oh, she, she was awesome. I the liked hot her. dog kept spilling on the other policeman's back. So so funny. They come out, but there's no bodies. And yeah. she's like, "But we saw them. They were dead." But I guess that's kind of another thing as well, because like you know, the killer usually dies, but then they're not there, and it's like, how mm. can that even be explained? Because it's such a ridiculous thing that you can't explain it. And then she's like. 
so is someone still out there then and he's like yeah we'll play it like that i guess and then uh, she's like what form do i fill in to cover this <laughs> i don't think there's a form for this <laughs> and he's like mm. then it cuts to a typewriter and a picture of the uh, principal which i found hilarious because it's a really funny picture of him <laughs> Um, we get Arthur, the writer, and he's like, oh, Dad, <gasps> they're gone. They didn't want the truth. And he's like, but there's always a sequel, so I'll be watching. There'll be no rewrites he, this time. What if he was Kathy and they made him... No, mm. wait, that doesn't make sense. None that of it really no made sense. sense. Oh, it doesn't make sense. And then, So he's typing away and he types, return to horror high and his typewriter... And then there's blood and he hears a little squeaky noise and then he kind of looks up and he's like, Dad! <laughs> and then it finishes. Fien! Oh, it, it's I, very confusing. It's so confusing. I wasn't a huge fan because... No. I, I don't massively like the sort of death, like how many different ways can we chop someone's head off type films. Oh, I do. I, I love them. I find them a bit I like them if they've got disturbing. a coherent story. But I feel like that was, was so just confusing. all over the place. I was really confused. But I didn't... I wouldn't say I really, really didn't like it. I just yeah. didn't you've enjoy got to it. Pay, you've got to pay attention to it, for sure, because yeah. otherwise... I think it is like... It's really, like, early meta horror and it does sort of poke fun at other horror films. Cause it did have at some the time, moments, yeah. They were probably getting a bit stale and... Yeah. Yeah, so I, so I like that they did something with it, but I probably wouldn't watch it again. I, I'd I, say ratings, no. I'd give it a 2.5 I, c- I would never recommend that anyone watch it, but it's if you did by accident watch it, it's free you on might Prime. laugh. Yeah, it's free on Prime. Yeah. I'd say go four, because it's quite bloody, and there's a lot of limbs. <laughs> and humour, probably three. Because there are some funny there bits There are some funny it, bits, and mainly quite, that police lady. Yeah, she is great. But yeah, I th- I th- it's okay. It's worth a watch, I would say. If you want to watch a horror film that's different, yeah, but not necessarily good, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it's it's definitely worth one to check out. Like if you're a horror fan, I think if you're a film like if you like if you're a film student or whatever, or yeah. you were if you want to get into writing horror films, yeah, I it's it a, a you could definitely watch it and then be like, I've mm. learnt from this, but I don't want to be involved in a project like this that's fair yeah so next week we're going classic next week so we're gonna do the omen next week Mm. i don't know how i feel about it which which is kind of fitting because uh i found out that richard donner passed away this week yeah yeah which is strange did he direct it yeah ah he directed it as well as the goonies he directed the Goonies. Yeah, the I know. Goonies. I thought um, not William Shakespeare. What's his name? I don't know. The famous director who directed loads of things. Steven Spielberg. Yes, William. William. I always William Spielberg. I, I, I think of William Shakespeare and Steven Spielberg as the same, same person. Like say the the names. <laughs> I thought William Shakespeare wrote it. Well, you know, directed it. And they're the same. That famous playwright. Yep. Steven, Steven Spielberg. Spielberg at the Globe in London. Yeah. Oh, I saw a Spielberg at the Globe. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> anyway. So, for next week, watch The Omen. 
And in the meantime, we are on Facebook at Wonderful and Strange. We are on Twitter at WNS Horrorpod, and we're also on the emails at wonderfulandstrange at hotmail.com. And we're also on Buy Me a Coffee if you want to keep us caffeinated, request a film, or get access to our bonus content. Ooh. Crack on. Yeah. Ooh, bonus. Yeah. Shudder to think what's going to be in there. <laughs> Stay safe, everybody. Ran out of propane? No need to drive to the store when you can get propane delivery straight to your door with Cinch. C-Y-N-C-H. Cinch brings the tanks to you. It's easy and convenient propane home delivery. Here's how it works. Go to Cinch.com. That's C-Y-N-C-H.com. Enter your zip code, select your delivery date, and drop off location. It's really that easy. Just set your used tank out for pickup the night before your delivery, and Cinch handles the rest. There's no ongoing commitment when you try Cinch and they accept any and all tank brands for exchange. Not a Cinch customer yet? What are you waiting for? New customers can get their first propane tank exchange for just $10 with promo code TANK10 at checkout. That's cynch.com, promo code TANK10. Turn up the heat this summer with Cinch, ridiculously easy propane grill tank home delivery. Limited time offer, restrictions apply. Visit cynch.com slash offer for details. The air we breathe, the water we drink, the soil that grows food for our families. These basic elements are essential to healthy, happy lives. America's corn growers think so too. Across the country, they're pitching in every day and doing the work to produce food and fuel that is healthy in a sustainable way. Go to ncga.com to learn more about how corn farmers grow a more sustainable future for us all. That's ncga.com. Presented by Climate Power Education Fund. Does big oil care about our streets flooding or our homes burning? Not according to an ExxonMobil top lobbyist. Did we aggressively fight against um, uh, some of the science? Uh, yes. You know, we were looking out for our shareholders. They care about profits, not people. Learn more at polluters.exposed.